Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU in uh, Pennsylvania and the Golf News Network, along with other various platforms and RSS feeds, and we're out there. You can find us. It's not that hard. I'm your host, JT, and do you ever think how tough it is to do uh, stand-ups on television? Well, we're going to find out that and a lot more. We've got Lisa Cornwell, formerly of Golf Channel, and she was a pretty good golfer in her own right in her collegiate days and still is. Lisa's going to be joining us here in a minute. And this segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf. Check out Ben Hogan Golf online at benhogangolf.com. New club selections and factory direct sales right to you. That's benhogangolf.com. Okay, somebody I've wanted to talk to for a long time, Lisa Cornwell is with us. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be with you. Well, it's um, really, really kind of an honor to talk to you. So, Not many people say that. (laughs) (laughs) Not these days. My mom still says it, so I guess that's what matters, my dad. Yeah. Well, moms and dads, they always say that stuff, too, but it counts. That's right. It it counts. It counts. (laughs) Uh, before we get into your work at Golf Channel and stuff, give us a little background. Were you always interested in golf? Um, did you play as a kid? I know you played in school. Give us the thumbnail on that, please. Yeah, I started, like a lot of people, started playing really early. I was five years old, I think, when I um, really first swung a real golf club. I was lucky because my parents were members of a small club in, in our hometown of St. Arkansas, and they had this great junior golf program and I just fell in love with it. I mean, you hear so many different stories about kids who grew up playing competitively. And I think that once you really get into it, the game just sort of takes a hold of you. And that's what it did for me. I developed friendships. It was the way that I spent my summers. I was there from dusk until dawn. I mean, I remember getting, getting cars and putting the headlights on the putting green so we could stay and putt and have putting contests. So, <laughs> Definitely not a typical childhood, but typical for a lot of kids who who grew up playing competitive golf. I have so many great memories and friends who I still keep in touch with. Both, you know, when I played at my my course growing up to all the AJGA tour to playing in college, it's just you make some incredible friendships, and I'm so blessed and fortunate to have the game in my life. It's the worst addiction I've ever had. 
I think. <laughs> I, I look at I've it. had worse, but <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. No, no, no. All, all legal, I will say. <laughs> but I, I, like you, I played, uh, I think it was like in sixth or seventh grade. And I got this, found a set of clubs in our shop. And it was my brother's. And I don't know where he got them. Uh, the way I remember them looking, it looked like they belonged to a homeless person or something. I mean, they were pretty <laughs> rough. And uh, I started hitting balls in the pastures. And then it just went from there. It was, it was, I was going downhill fast after that. So it was. It happens. I get it. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was tough. What made you jump into uh, like golf? journalism sports reporting that was that your major in college or did you have another avenue you were going to go down and then veered off and did this yeah i did have another avenue i, I always thought that i'd play professional golf and that was really all that i planned for so when i got extremely burned out with golf in college which i never thought would happen um i really had zero direction i was a pre-law major um in college and uh, no, I did not go to school for journalism. Never thought of it. Never crossed my mind. Um, and I was I was out of school. I was doing just different. I was bouncing around trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a living. I tried sales. I, I managed a restaurant. I flipped houses. And eventually it led me to TV through some friends who worked at the local NBC affiliate in Little Rock. And I was around that newsroom environment and just being a competitive athlete, not not golf, but I mean, I played every sport growing up and I I was a good basketball player. I mean, I just, I missed that, that energy. I missed that adrenaline rush. I missed the sort of putting my nerves into check. And, and I felt it even watching them, you could feel a little bit of that. And so I decided to go back, even though I'd already graduated college, I decided to go back and get a minor in broadcast journalism. And I ended up interning at the station where my two friends were, were working. They were actually both in weather, but, um, I ended up quitting my sales job. It was, that was pretty good. I was making decent money for, for a late twenties person. And my family thought I was absolutely crazy. I went to Columbus, Mississippi, making $18,000. And <laughs> I thought it was great because they were giving me a $600 clothing allowance. I thought, Oh my gosh. But, um, I couldn't even afford the apartment where I lived. I had to borrow $10,000 from my cousin just to have a decent apartment. Yeah. And, but I was really fortunate. I mean, I was in a market as a, as a sports anchor reporter in Columbus, Mississippi, that was in proximity to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Alabama. So I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had zero qualifications. I was horrible in the beginning. I didn't even know how to put a rundown or a show together. I don't know how sure. I got that minor, but, um, you know, you just kind of learn by, by getting in there and, and really putting your competitive juices to the test and trying to get better. And I was in... Columbus, Mississippi, and Knoxville, Tennessee, and Cincinnati, Ohio, and then from there got a good opportunity with the Big Ten Network and was there for several years and really loved it and um, started my own thing. I've always been such a huge college football fan, enormous, and that was kind of at the time right before podcasts had gotten going, and we had this idea to start this whole video show and 
and really try to escalate it. And we were getting some traction. I mean, we had great guests. We had Paul Feinbaum. We had some some really uh, good connections with Saturday Down South, if you're not an SEC fan. That may be a bad word with this is airing, but um, no, we wouldn't okay. know it. But it was it was good. But during that, and I thought, well, I'll never, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. This is great. I can live at home. I can still do some other things if I want. And I had an agent, and he called me with this golf channel opportunity. And I had always, I'd never thought that I would work in golf. I never wanted to. My love for the game really, for a long time while I was working in sports television, had not come back. And just that year, as I was home and and sort of creating this show called SEC Press Pass, I started to play golf again and really loved it. And when he called, it just, I thought, oh my gosh, okay. Um, I never thought that I would want to do this, but maybe now I'm interested. And things just worked out. And I mean, I say this all the time. It's funny because I saw some of the photos of my phone when I first started at Golf Channel. And I remember just being in awe. I remember wearing the logo and having so much pride and knowing how proud my family was and, and saw fans in the state of Arkansas and really being able to represent them as one of their own. And, um, yeah, I just, I can't believe it. It has been so long since all of that happened, but, um, definitely had a big impact on my life. It goes by pretty fast. Um, <laughs> life goes by fast. Life goes by fast because I, I can remember, well, not the first time I was on TV, but the first time I went on TV to cook. And that was 20 years ago. And it seems mm-hmm. like it was just yesterday. It just, I can still mm-hmm. remember what I cooked, you know, who I worked with, all that stuff. And um, it just went fleeting. Boom. And all of a sudden, you know, here I am. And uh, it's like, wow. You know, I, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, met a lot of great people and had a good time, probably like you did. But it, it does go by rather rapidly. We are going to take a break. We're going to be back uh, with Lisa Cornwell here on uh, Grilling at the Green. I suggest that you stay tuned. Don't miss it while Lisa and I step away for a second. We'll be right back. Hello. It's me I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything Hi everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with uh, Lisa Cornwell, formerly of Golf Channel, and lots of other online and on-the-air work in her career. Uh, Before we jump in with Lisa here, I'd like to thank the folks over at Gunter Wilhelm Knives for unmatched quality, comfort, and efficiency in your kitchen. 
online at gunterwilhelm.com. And don't forget our folks here, if you're in the Portland area, Langdon Farms Grill every Friday night have got their specials. And they've got happy hours every day and extended happy hours, which I'm a fan of on the weekends. Uh, you can do that. If you want to email us, it's very simple. Just info at grillingatthegreen.net. Okay. Let's get back and talk to Lisa some more. So your agent gives you uh, a heads up. There's a position at Golf Channel. You go, you talk to them. The, I'm not familiar with your exact process, but I'm familiar with enough of the process to know, you know, you probably kind of go do an audition. You got to send them your reel. You got to do some things like that. Maybe not all of them, but were you kind of in awe when you walked in the, to the studios there? I was, I mean, I will say they were, they were, there was a lot of um, construction taking place in the building when NBC universal bought golf channel, uh, the building was outdated and there were a lot of things that they really wanted to modernize, right. not just in terms of how it looked, but also how it functioned and operated because you're, you know, you're talking about really mostly worldwide network. And so there were a lot of upgrades, but the studio was already finished when I was there. And sure, walking in there after after watching the shows and and walking into the Morning Drive uh, studio for the first time and seeing the the photo and the scissors where Mr. Palmer cut the ribbon sure. to uh, bring the studio to life. Yeah, it was all it was all really special, and to see photos of some of the game's greats and people who I admired. I mean, there's a big old studio, a big, or not studio, but leading in there, a big uh, sort of photo wall where Nancy Lopez is on that wall and Lee Trevino and Annika. I mean, it's just, you sit there and sort of marvel at the fact that you're working for a network that covers the sport that I grew up playing that I know so well exclusively. And yeah. It was it was intimidating, but it was also really exciting too. So, what was it like when they said yes? We want we want you to work with us here. Was that kind of a oh wow moment, or was it? Like- yeah, it was. I mean, it, you know, my agent felt pretty conf- confident that that would happen. I did a couple auditions separately, went down and had the first sort of meet and greet, and did an audition, and then came back. And I guess that they probably interviewed a lot of different people and then brought me back down for another interview and audition and met some different folks that time and just went back home and you know I felt I felt good about how things went not just not just from the sheer fact of the audition but um I think my experience in the game obviously um had a big influence in terms of the hiring because usually when you have when you have a host or somebody who's going to be a host and reporter, you don't have the background in the sport that I had. That usually goes more for the analysts and people of that nature. So I did feel comfortable and confident. I wasn't 100% sure. And I wasn't going to be completely devastated if I didn't. I mean, I was happy in Little Rock and happy working on the project that we were working on, but certainly, I mean, I was, I was, I was thrilled and, and nervous about it and um, all those things that sort of go with being in TV that I think some people are really good in the fact that 
they they don't have any internal doubts or your head doesn't play games on you. Unfortunately, I've never been that person. So I've always <laughs> got a little bit of those in demons, both not just in, in TV, but in, in athletics, any, especially golf, anything that where you're really put under the spotlight and having to deal with some of those internal battles that go with it. But the more comfortable that I got, in the job, the better I think that I did. And that's what it was all about for me, just just gaining sort of that comfortableness and the confidence. And, and it came with just with being there and being in, in the moment. That can be kind of awesome. I mean, um, from my personal experience, when you walk in and all of a sudden you're dealing with not local and there's absolutely nothing wrong with local, but when you know all of a sudden you're on a network and you're you're not going to get 15,000 sets of eyeballs looking at you, you're going to get 800,000 sets of eyeballs looking at you. You know, that, that at least for me that was like yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cuz yeah, I don't know, something about that when I first started doing what I do, it was like that kind of it didn't bother me at all. But it really, I think it made me step up my game. I'll just put it that way. It does. And I was fortunate with the Big Ten Network. I mean, even though it was regional, it was still national, depending on what, sure. what cable subscription you had. And so I was introduced to that a little bit and worked and, and got the experience of working with great analysts. Now, I, I remember being at the Big Ten Network, and I worked with so many good people there from Jerry DiNardo on the football side to Jimmy Jackson on the basketball side. and. And I just remember going and sitting in the green room with, with a lot of these legendary um, former coaches and players and how warm and um, happy they were just to have you in there. You could ask a question, just really sit there and talk about the games. And so I got introduced to that at the Big Ten Network and, and forging those relationships, which always helps with anything that you do on air. Uh, but obviously in that sport or those sports, it was a little bit different because I didn't quite have, even though I know the sports really well, I didn't have the the confidence or the, the knowledge that I do with golf. So it was a little bit different in that way, but certainly it was a good stepping stone for me going to golf channel. Oh, I think so. I mean, and you, you certainly from the viewer perspective, we're going to talk about internal stuff in the next segment, but from the viewer perspective, you were, you were well-received at my house. Uh, well, <laughs> and not just cause you're on the show, but I always thought your, your standups and stuff were very concise and clear. Um, you could tell that you knew the game inside and out and uh, your observations, which always, you know, interject with and in a good way with reporting it it you know you could tell it was good so uh you had a fan in me kiddo i'll say that we're going to take a break well, here on, and no worries uh we're going to take a break here on grilling at the green and lisa cornwell and i will be back right after this stay with us Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back here to Grilling at the Green, and it's at the green, not on the green. 
I've had people say that to me over the years. Oh, it's grilling on the green. No, you would not put a barbecue on a green. So, you know, I'm just clarifying that for people who don't understand it. Uh, I want to thank again the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf. Two are quality clubs at a factory direct price. That's BenHoganGolf.com. We're talking with Lisa Cornwell today, formerly of Golf Channel and lots of other television and stuff. Lisa, when I say you were at Golf Channel, you are no longer there. You kind of got caught up in a purge. Would you like to tell our audience about that? Well, I don't think that your audience uh, has enough time for the whole <laughs> story. Um, That's why we do the after know, hours, Lisa. Right, I guess so. I have been very, I have been very vocal about it and outspoken on purpose um, because, well, look for a lot of reasons. We start having uh, certain obstacles with certain people and relationships change and assignments start changing and you start paying attention to what was going on. And, you know, I think in any job, you're always going to have conflicts, right? You're always, there's always going to be some jerk. It's not illegal to be a jerk. You just, you know, unfortunately have to deal with them. Right. I really have never had to deal with that before. I have, I have worked with some incredible people at every stop where I've been, respectful, um, encouraging team players. And I will say for the most part, that's what I had at Golf Channel. I worked with so many great people, and I hate that a lot of what I've been through has been overshadowed by the good people because I still talk to so many of those people. People still come to my house. We still play golf together. We do cookouts. The focus of it really has been, it's it, it's centered around a couple of things. The conflict, I guess, that I had with Chambly, which I still don't know uh, why we had a conflict. Um, I mentioned my time at the Big Ten Network and, and all the great analysts and being around people, even at Golf Channel. I mean, you sit there and watch golf with these people and you're respectful and you enjoy each other. Well, Chambly from the get-go didn't like me for some reason. I don't know if maybe it's because I you know actually have an opinion about golf or whatever his beef was with me, but it never got better. And the powers that be, I've, I've been very helpful about Molly Solomon, the executive producer who hired me. I mean, that's the unfortunate part. I mean, I went in there thinking, well, I'm going to work for a woman. This is awesome. This is, you know, if anything, anything happens that doesn't seem quite fair, I want to ask for more assignments or whatever. She'll, she'll be somebody who I can talk to. And well, the longer than I was there, the the more roadblocks that you saw come up, not just with me, but other women not getting promoted, not getting opportunities and speaking out for them. And the women who were outspoken got a lot of pushback and I was one of them. And look, I'll say this, I could, I could spend all day talking about it, but you know my background in, in golf and I appreciate you you saying that, but when the women's NCAAs were going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, my hometown, where I not only played college golf, but was the first scholarship player in program history, I wrote a letter to the NCAA on behalf of the Blessings and the University of Arkansas to get NCAAs there. It was a big deal for me. I sure. always hosted the women's NCAAs. My reviews, 
never had anything negative about that. It was always positive. It was even Molly said, you know, thanks for doing all these things for women's golf that you're doing. I would, I would hand out the player of the year award, the Annika award at various locations around the country. Annika would ask me to come speak. I was, I was fully immersed in it. Instead of somebody sitting down and saying, you know, Lisa, we've decided to change direction. Let's have a talk or whatever. They send out this mass scheduling email. And I find out from the scheduling email that I am no longer the host for that year at Arkansas, that I I will be a reporter, which I've never done before. And George Savarikas was going to host the women's and the men's. Wow. And I was furious. And after, after a few of the things that had started to happen a little bit, um, as a result, I think of the relationship with Shambly and going to Molly's husband, who was running production now. It was the craziest setup ever. I still don't know how that happened in, um, at that corporate level to have a husband and wife tandem like that. Because the minute that you upset the husband, you upset the wife. And yeah. now your job's in jeopardy. And that's what happened. And they took me off of it. They... I went in to try to talk to her husband about it. He screamed at me about Chambly and all. It was crazy. Like, I still can't wrap my head. I wish that I had a video of it so people could watch it. Really, it's something that you would put on um, some sort of dateline show, looking at it, going, how does this happen in a workplace, especially corporate workplace? Yeah. It, it was personal. I knew that it was. I knew that there was some something or those people out to do something to not to, I think it was just more of a personal thing. Like we're, we're going to, this is how we make her pay for whatever it is. I don't know. It kind of, it's hard to explain in a, in a short amount of time, but I will tell you this. When I found out that I was taken off of NCAA, my dad was the first person. He said it, he goes, Lisa, you need to start looking for another job. He said, because this makes absolutely no sense. They've never come to you and said anything about, doing this. They've never critiqued your performance that wasn't up to par. There was no indication. And one week earlier, I had gotten a, a call about going into the Arkansas Sports Hall of, Golf Hall of Fame. There are all these positives going on, and then this happens. Right. And I was crushed. I was devastated, but I was also angry. And I knew at that point that this downward spiral that I was on that I had seen other women go on had to stop and I had to do something about it and we're in the process of doing something about it and I hope that I hope that some good comes from it because there's been a lot of bad um, and there are a lot of changes that need to take place at Golf Channel in order to make it a better and an equitable place for people to work. I have noticed as an outsider, now I've, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've interviewed uh, uh, Jerry and Karen. I've interviewed Kay. I've interviewed Frank, but he's no longer there over the, you know, the years doing this show. Uh, And now, you know, uh, you've graced us here today. And I, and I, I say that truly, not glibly. I, I just really great to talk to you. And, um, the thing with golf channel is, um, especially the in-studio folks, they kind of run those folks through there. I mean, you got, 
you got Brandle and when Justin Leonard's sitting there, you got, you know, John Cook or, or whoever. Now you've got uh, Amanda sitting there. I used to watch Amanda play up here in Portland when she was on tour years and years ago. In fact, I got a video of her doing an interview with me telling me how much she likes to eat ice cream. So I might, <laughs> that might resurface someday. You never know. There but, you go. but, uh, they, they, they just seem to kind of run people through and then all of a sudden they're not there anymore. And I don't know. I don't get that. I, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. And it's, I'm not being. I don't think that I don't think that used to be the case. I think that there was actually a pretty steady, yeah, um, on-air team for a long time, and I think a lot of that started shifting when Molly and NBC came on board. I mean, it really felt like a family, and I think that if you talk to a lot of those folks, like Gary Williams and Charlie Reimer, and a lot of the people who have been there for a long time, that that's how they felt about Golf Channel for so long, and even the people behind the scenes. Yeah. A great long-standing production team, for the most part. I mean, there's a small group that um, also needs to go, but for ninety-five percent, ninety percent of the people who work, work at Golf Channel are great. But I do think that back in the Arnold Palmer days when they set it up, and I think you've, I think you've interviewed Keith Urshlin. I think that I've seen yeah. that. I think that Keith would probably tell you that they really built it. As a family and yes. the LPGA crew out there, I know that they still operate as a family. Jerry, Karen, Kay, a lot of those folks, come, right. they've been there for a long time. And and when you're around them, it does have that family. Oh, they're, yeah, they're all great to, to, to be around, chat with, talk to, you know, whatever. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Lisa Cornwell. Talk some more a little bit about Golf Channel and what she's doing right now, right after this on Grilling at the Green. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef I let it fall. welcome back to grilling at the green i'm jt and today we're talking with lisa cornwell formerly of the golf channel and um, you're taking steps, you said, in the last uh, segment to try to help out, correct that a little bit. I don't you don't need to go into details and you probably can't. But is that progressing forward for you? It is. It is. Um, I think it's been slowed down a little bit because of COVID, but. Uh, there is an investigator working the case. We've, we've been able to communicate with her and yeah, it, it progresses. I mean, it, it progressed pretty quickly after I sort of made my story public and all these women reached out to me and, and, and some men, I will say. Um, and it's, it's eye opening. And I've said this time and time again, that, you know, as bad as my story has been and unfortunate, there are so many people whose stories are worse. I mean, I was lucky to be in a, a position to be able to take some time and focus on this and, and really pursue it. A lot of people sign NDAs and their health insurance is tied up in that and they're afraid of speaking out or doing anything because that'll be taken away. It's, sure. I get now, Jeff, why people don't do this. It is a, 
it's a hard process. They come after your character. They come after you personally. They do anything that they can to try to discredit you. And you just have to remember why you're doing it and why it matters. And uh, every day, something reminds me of that. And I try to stay focused on that. But yes, we're we're going along nicely, and nicely is the wrong word, but it is, it's progressing slowly. It's a slow process, but there's a lot to dive into, so I can understand why it takes so long. Yeah, and uh, good on you for for standing up and doing it. I mean, truthfully, it, it's, uh, I've been in those positions, not parallel to yours, but similar, put it that way, and I had to stand up a couple times, and couple times I got knocked down and a other couple times, you know, I, I stood up and made it through the, in across the finish line, so to speak. But yeah, they, they try to, they try to knock you down. And then certain people who think you're just this disgruntled employee will say, <laughs> say certain things. I had somebody on Twitter last, I mean, Janella started attacking me because he's such good friends with Molly, but one of his followers saying that I needed to get mental help and, you know, Janella coming out and saying that I was never good at my job and that's what happened. I mean, first of all, who says that? I, there are a lot of people who I think may not be good at their jobs. I would never say that publicly just because you just, you don't do that. You don't, I mean, I hear I have a travel guy calling me out on, on my reporting skills. That <laughs> Right. It's amazing what people will do and the hateful things that they will say when all you're trying to do is stick up for yourself and, and mainly um, also stick up for a lot of women who are unable to stick up for themselves. I think that that's, at this point, what matters more to me than anything. Absolutely. Lisa, what are you doing now? Are you, are you just working on that full time or are you doing some freelance work or what are you doing? I'm working on a book that is very um, important to me, sure. uh, not only just detailing a lot of the things that I've been through in my past, but a lot of the stuff that's happened with the channel and, and what can be done to make all of this better. I'm still doing some freelance work for, for the PGA Tour, for PGA Tour Live, and I'm, I'm really grateful to them um, because you can get ostracized in this business immediately for, for speaking out. and. I have seen that in some scenarios, certain things that opportunities that I've had before that have been taken away or just have gone away. And that's okay. I mean, I expected it. I, I did, but I, I'm grateful that the PGA Tour has, has still allowed me to do work with PGA Tour Live. And it's great. I mean, they have such a great environment. You can, you can tell that the stuff that they talk about in terms of um, bringing in more women and minorities and, you know, they kind of have this no jerk policy, like nobody can be a jerk. It's, it's an unwritten rule, but it, but it exists. I mean, everybody there is just happy to be there even though they're long hours. Yep. They're, they're very pleasant. They're good people. The egos are checked at the door. It's great. And it has, it has been a good experience and a, a great way for me to still stay in the game too. Well, I think that's great. And, um, I certainly would miss you. If you weren't doing that stuff, I would. I would. We've never met in person, but I would miss you on the air seeing the event stuff. Well, I hope we do one day. We will. We will. You, you can grill to me. I will do that. That's one thing I know I can do. Put it that way. And tell really yeah. t tacky jokes, but that's okay. That's right. No, I, I like that. Okay. 
Lisa Cornwell, thank you. Lisa is going to stick around for the after hours. So if you didn't uh, catch everything in the regular show, you can catch it on the podcast when it airs, but also the after hours, which is always fun. But Lisa, it's been a real uh, privilege, and I thank you for um, for taking the time to be with us in, uh, today and uh, enlightening our listeners. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's been no, fun. No worries. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.